like Jeremiah's. Yeah, with the whole brain. You get it. <coughs> yeah, yeah. True, true, true. Alright, we are hot. We good? Yeah. Alright, welcome everybody to the first episode of the Driven Minds Podcast. You know, with the host Travis Leeds, Franzito, or we call him Franz around here. And our first guest, yeah. blessing us, the big homie, Grace Scott McKenzie. You know what I mean? Peace, peace, peace. Well, uh, it's definitely a pleasure to have you on, bro. This song, this podcast, we're trying to talk to everybody who's moving, shaking the culture, we're yeah. doing different things, the creatives, the entrepreneurs, just the dope individuals out here really making a difference, really putting their imprint into, into society, man, and um, following your brand. From uh, for a while now, I went from the social media currents. Um, it's just uh, dope to finally have you on there. You know what I mean? So, uh, how I just want to start with, um, you know, um, let's start with. I'll start with first of all how I first got hit to what you do or what you started. In. Um, I think that I think it honestly was first the purple mango tunnel. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's a whole type yeah. thing. Yeah, you got music, you got girls, you got porn, you got entrepreneurship, motivational speaker. It's like a fucking, it's like a mind fuck of just mind stimul- stimulation. You know what I mean? And I just thought it was dope. So you had me interested. Like, who is this cat? And I think the first time I pulled up, I don't remember how many years ago it was. Um, I didn't actually get in at the time. I think I came too late. It was your grilled cheese mark um, grilled cheese party at a. Um, I think it was the one with Thrillers, right? Okay, yeah, that was the very first one. Yeah, yeah. Prince and Broadway. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Tell us more about, you know, how you started in the game or, you know, where you, um, where you started getting into culture or whatnot from day one. Um, yeah, what's up, everybody? My name is Grace Scott, and uh, long story short, I was born in East Orange, New Jersey in 1985 during the crack, crack epidemic, you know, I tell everybody all the time, but... And then, um, are you admitted to be a crack baby? Or? Yeah, I was on my father's side. Yeah, everybody was on crack. People don't know this. I'm, I'm, um, well, I don't call myself white, but my grandmother is white. My father is half white. Um, and then, from what I'm told about her, because she died when I was very young, from AIDS, from sharing needles. Sorry, no, it's not bad. I didn't know. But the point is, I'm trying to say, um, she married some black guy and then he turned Muslim or whatever. I don't know some shit like that. And I heard he bought drugs around everybody, and that's when everybody started doing it. Mm. On my father's side, my mom's side was into the streets and shit because they was getting bullied a lot. Coming from Jamaica, mm. American blacks would beat them up, and that's how we met Wyclef and his family because um, Haitians and Jamaicans stuck together. Mm. And back in back in the eighties, you know, most Jamaicans were big time drug dealers and killers. So, true, true. but that's how I met Clef's family and stuff. And then, you know, I used to always hang around the Booger basement and. and Stars when he was recording the score and recording Kelly Sullivan and stuff. Okay. And um, I wanted to get in the music business. And um, I started my own record label in middle school called Ricochet Records. And I got <laughs> this white rock group called Volume Overdose. And they were like, um, I, you know, TRL was hot. I was looking at Limp Biscuit, Corn, and I was like, yo, we gotta get something like Good Charlotte or something because rap is, makes money, but rock makes the most money. Right. So I got this group called Volume Overdose and we, we, we redid um, Twilight Zone, and then that was like a little, little song in the school. And then we sold, we sold some CDs, oh, and that let me know, damn, I could, I could really do this shit, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, um, I'm gonna fast forward, I believe that in order to get figure out what you wanna be in life, you need a role model, because a role model gives you a sense of direction, 
So my role model was Puff Daddy. Absolutely. I was so inspired by him, man, because I, I, when he had mermaids swimming in the living room and, um, sure. and um, hypnotized, I don't know why as a kid, I just thought that was the most impressive shit ever. Like, who, who, who could say they did that? I mean, of course he had more money, more problems, videos, where Puff was just a man in 98. That's a and fact. And I was like, yo, I want to be like Puff Daddy. So I looked up Puff Daddy's life. I don't even know how I did that, but I found, because um, Google and all that wasn't available. But um, I found yeah, out America Online. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't, I don't even know how I got that information. But I found out he interned for Andre Carell. And I was like, okay, I got to get an internship too. Mm-hmm. So I did a lot of searching. It took me a minute, but I got an internship with Double XL magazine. Wait, let me ask you, did you, did you go to school or anything like that? Oh, no, no, no. Fresh out of high school, I just trying to get in the game. Wow. It's like, it took about two years before I got an internship. Oh, yeah. I, and it took me a year and a half before I got a job because I needed a job. Right. And I got a job at Radio City Music Hall. <coughs> but I got an internship with XXL Magazine. And then um, we, we did this photo shoot. I got to get the picture because it's somewhere online. We did this photo shoot called, um, we, we was going to base it off a copy and everybody copying the Air Force One. Mm. It was the baby stuff. And um, G- Greedy Genius and, God, and all these brands that copied the Air Force One, and then we put it on paper. It was gonna call them copycats. So then I went to the vape store. Oh, oh, I had asked them, "Can I be the messenger and go to the vape store?" Because this was the vape store just over. Right, so right, I, right. I got, and it was always a line, right, right. so long, like you could never get in on that line. So I was like, boom. Got in, I was able to just walk past the line. I was like, I'm a stylist for Double XL. Nice, and it's fun. And the security guard was like, um, so I asked for full codes and they let me. And then the security guard was like, Yo, you um, you a stylist? I was like, Yeah. He said, Yo, I got a clothing line. Can can I get it in the magazine? Back then, getting it in print magazines was a big deal. Right. right any any form of print. Right. right absolutely. Um, so I said, I lied and just said, Yeah, I can pull that pull that off if you could get me somebody with a Pharrell, and that's really how it happened. And then he didn't know anybody necessarily. He just knew where the office was. Right. He walked me in, as far as in the building, and he said, they they on this floor. That's all I know. Billionaire Boys Club is somewhere on this floor. That's right. a good barter. That's a yeah. good barter. You know, yeah. He said, like, yo, I, I got this. What can you offer me for this? So yes. And, 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 I, and I'm making a promise. Like, I don't know if I can really pull through. Right. But I had to sell Double XL story because this is a brand new brand. And, um, new magazines definitely don't do that. You know, they only really support the brands that advertise in the magazine, at least right. at that time. True, true, true. And I had to convince them, yo, put this hat in there, this hat in there. And the shit wasn't really that hot, to be honest. Yeah. But I'm talking about like the trucker hats. Like, no, he, yeah, he had a hat similar to that, but it was like plastic. It's hard to explain. But um, I was on sets as an intern, I would put it on the model's head, like, nah, man, I think a girl, and they'd be like, this shit is garbage. <laughs> but they did it on my work, you know, because I did put enough work with them where they said, fuck it, I'll say yes to this. And then I got him at Vibe Magazine also on the side. Nice. Anyway, but long story short, so I would stalk Loic and Philip. Philip was Pharrell road manager at the time, and Loic was is like a project manager. Loic for Pharrell, he broke and he still works with Pharrell. He broke the Louis Vuitton deal, and he's a French connect basically. Okay. Um, I used to stalk them too, even though I didn't know what they really did at the time. I just stalked them, stalked them, stalked them, stalked them. It took like eight months, but I finally got them to say yes. Consistency is real, you know. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, I interned for two months, and there was other interns there. They hired me, and then that was like I started getting known out in New York, as far as like popularity wise or whatever. So, would you feel like those other interns there? What do you feel like it was that made you different for them to hire you? I know for sure I was the first person there every day, and I was the last person to leave. I took that shit so seriously. Like literally, they would see me sleep. 
even on the floor, like outside the door. Right. Just because the office, let's say the hallways are similar to this, and I'm just sitting outside waiting five or six in the morning. Mm-hmm. I made sure I was always there before late, like, and I made sure I left last. I would sleep over sometimes just to do any other because there was a lot of shipments and stuff back then. That's when they were real hot and they couldn't. Right. They couldn't keep up with everything. Right. Right. There was only four four of us. Like wow. no, maybe not four. Maybe maybe like six. But like you know, and then um. Yeah, yeah, but then I know for sure Lloyd was impressed by me because I worked Christmas, Thanksgiving, and New Year's Day and Eve. Wow. Mm. Like, because the shipments, especially for Christmas, was so strong. Right. We shipping all day, all night. Like, I'm just boxing, making, I can make a room as big as this full of boxes, then it closes in the next room, and I'm taking the mag cart and doing it all. Like, it took so long. So what do you think gave you that drive, though? Like, what means you just want to, you know, excel at this point? Because at this point, you're still an intern, right? You're not being yeah, I was an intern. Paid or whatnot. I was definitely intern. Definitely. So what, what gave you that job? So just want to go, just go hard at this. Many, many reasons. One, um, it was almost like a Mark Zuckerberg situation. My ex girlfriend at the time, she cheated on me and left me for her, cool. for her um, the guy. Yo, that shout out to the uh, cheating stimulus package. Got me in the back. <laughs> yo, it's crazy. My name's Viola. Exactly. My man Kyrie just got that ring. Yo, Kyrie. I don't know about most, but that for some reason just motivated the shit out of me because it made me really tell myself the next time she see me, I'm gonna really be doing something. Yeah, right, right. right. That, that was a big push um, because I was interning. I get it. I wasn't. This wasn't promised. Like she was dating me when I was like trying, you know. So I get it. You know, now that I'm older, like, but um, yeah, it's time. What was she doing though? Well, I met her when I worked at Radio City Music Hall. Okay. And she had just went back with her boyfriend and long story short, they, she got pregnant. And I'm, and I'm you know what, I'm, she could have lied and said it was mine, so I'm glad she didn't do that either. Right. You know, she just told me it's definitely his, and I'm like, you know what, respect, you know. I wasn't, I wasn't like that, I was really mad at the time. Of course. That pushed me. But that's motivation. Yeah. You know, yeah. Same, same thing for me, like, even when I go through that, I've been through that. It takes like two or three days where I'm, maybe, let's say two days where I'm down, and then, that shit is. I think that's a little bit different though, Trav. Like, you You said two days. My man just talked about I was his girl. girl. I know, I was fucked up for a year. Uh, I know for sure. That's a little different. She got pregnant. Oh, you know what I'm saying? She got pregnant like that. You know what I'm saying? She got pregnant. I wouldn't have been tripping too much, but when she showed me the ultrasound, that's how she told me. She just told me I got to see you or something. That's crazy. She literally didn't just pull out a pocket and show me that. I didn't know what the fuck it was at first. I'm like, I didn't yeah. even cat put two and two together. Like, oh shit, this is an ultrasound. I was just like, what is this? Mm. And she's like, I'm pregnant. I'm like, Damn. Son. And it ain't yours. They're like, wow. I remember like glass shatters. Don't call Steve Austin. I'm like, what is this? I probably look back like, you know, whew, you know what I'm saying? Or you like, got the matrix. That, that, that was the only time I ever wanted to hit a girl. Ever. Mm. So I, I, in my mind, I'm not, I've never hit a woman, but I'm saying, I, I understood yeah. the instant reaction was to choke the shit out of her. That shit hurts more than yes. physical pain. But I'm glad I just I calmed myself down and I just, I really, I flipped on her. I remember I yelled at her and cursed her out in the street and I walked away. Right. Now, how did this intern Scott McKenzie turn from that to having your own audio book? When, how, how does it get to that point where you, you, you feel confident enough, like, you know what? Yeah. I can inspire other people too, and I have this knowledge where I feel, I feel not only just confident, but I believe in the stuff that I'm saying so much that I'm gonna release something to inspire other people. Because people like, people in their younger 20s or people coming up, 
they honestly, they feel, they'll know they're great, but they don't have that confidence to say, you know what, I can go ahead and inspire other people too. Like, it takes a while to get to that point. Sometimes you feel like you have to have all these accolades or you have to be with, hanging with these celebrities to feel, what made you feel like, okay, you know what, I can, I can, um, you know, impart some wisdom on, on people as well too. How'd you get to that point? Okay, so going back to BBC, I was always working hard and I, would, I was the one that gave all the promo to the celebrities. Um, and my space was hot at the time, so people would see me with Lupe Fiasco, or was around for at that time. At that time, the Glow in the Dark tour was running around, yeah. um, so whatever. And then, um, so I'm saying all that to say, Diggy Simmons, when he was very young, that's how he heard about me. And we met backstage at Madison Square Garden. And then um, he was like, well, the person he was with was like, yo, Diggy Simmons looks up to you, he wants to meet you. I was like, for what? Like, who am I, you know, at that time? But um, me and Diggy met and we were super cool. Now the guy that, that said that, his name is Rashid Young, and he was the, um, let's say he's like a consigliere to Reverend and Russell Simmons. Yeah, I actually remember seeing him on a couple of the episodes. Yes, he, he's, on, he's on the show, well, he was on the show Runs Tower. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So me and him started building a strong relationship and that's when everything was getting hot. And then he was like, well not just him, this one Twitter was brand new and I started Twitter but wasn't like using it. Mm-hmm. Properly, because I, I don't think anybody really knew how to use it either. And people would tell me, like, yo, you need to write a book. Because at that time, I'm going to say, when I was on Twitter, I used to really venge. Just put my emotions out I, I'd like to interject here. Yeah. I, I, so how I um, started to get familiar with you was through Twitter oh, yeah. and your Tumblr page. Oh, yeah. And I do yeah. remember some of those uh, aggressive tweets. Well, it's like 07. Yeah, this was, yeah, this was pretty early. It was, yeah, it was a minute ago. Okay. Like the the book that you had put out was like the cover's like a composition notebook. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, that was your first book, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And um, I could you before you go any further, I just wanted to ask you like, did you know that there was like kind of like a method to the madness? Did you kind of like put it together early before everybody else oh. saw it? Well, no, not not just the book. I'm just talking about. Your digital presence, because oh, no, 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 I didn't know. I was living in the moment. Yeah, because yeah, because I'm saying like your digital presence was just so it was like literally sitting on the couch with your friend, you know, talking shit. You know what I'm saying? But it, but it even came down to the point where there was like useful information. Like you would just like post the weather every day. Yeah, I You would post the weather every day. It would be like you know, even though it's like porn. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, at the same time, and it, 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 for some people, it might have seemed vulgar, but at the same time, it was like super. So real. Yeah, it was relatable. It was it was, it was conversational. Did, so did you imagine it in, at that point, or there you go? Did you know that like, so many people were like fucking with you? Like so many people. But were, then I didn't have that much problems. I really? Mean, I don't think I think I had like four hundred, maybe two hundred. Around that time, where I was. I, I, I don't remember. Jer- I grew up in Jersey, bro. I grew yeah. up in South Jersey. Okay. I, you know, I was, I was with Clinton. I knew who you were. You know what I'm saying? So, I don't, yeah, I had followers, but I that was before the book, too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, you know what? I want to know what, what, what was really getting me out there. Maybe just because I was around the, the Dan Rickies and Wale's and all of them at the time, too. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I feel like that maybe played a role. Like, example, if Wale tweets me, that would get me an extra 100 followers at the time and shit like that. Gotcha. Um, but, yeah, but long story short, I just went off what people said. Everybody kept saying make a book, so I literally, that one day, one day I was ranting, I just copied and pasted all my tweets into a book. Because the first book is only like 90 pages. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's what I did at first, and I literally printed it out, did everything that week. Just as a test, I didn't, 
I just do it out there. At the time, I was happy about it, but now it's back in my head. Just because I'm just winging it, I wasn't putting no real direction towards right, it. Right, right, right. But I was living in the moment because um, I needed some money and blah blah blah. But um, gotcha. Yeah, but then but fast forward, we now we got five books with three free audio books right. that are online now. And those two are kind of in the moment. Um, I was just at James. I was at a serious exam with my friend Jameson. I was betting and he just told he just wanted to record it. I mean, he just said, well, I'm gonna record this and I'm gonna edit it on the back end. I'm like, but he left the room and just let me let talk. You go in mm-hmm. right, right. And then so. and then I would tell him like so I knew when I was pausing, like this minute I wanna put this YouTube video here. Like I knew but then he added some shit on his own also. When this is we talking about Think, my father, Think audiobook. And then I was like, then when I heard the final product, I was like, whoa shit, I didn't even think. Turned out to be visual. Yeah. Right, right, right. He was like Dr. Yeah. Dre with it. That's to be honest with you. You kind of always need that person to kind of like, you know, uh, just, you know, welcome you into the to, to the game. But um, Franz alluded to a, a real um, real thing is your your digital presence. Your digital presence, bro, is yeah, <laughs> it's crazy, man. Like, what you read from my, from my Facebook, man, I can always expect to see a post a tweet or whatnot, something that's gonna inspire me, make me laugh, and be like, yo, damn, this shit is real, like, and you put yourself all the way out there, and you're so transparent, too, bro, and that's, sometimes, that's like, um, you know, it's, 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 it's a scary thing for some people to do, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, I do these posts all the time. <laughs> oh, you do? I, I, I didn't even know. So, this morning, I was venting a lot, and I started deleting stuff, because it was making people mad, so I was right, like, right, right, right. Yeah. Yo, honestly, that's the thing, too. I don't even see people hate, though. Like, no. I rarely see people put comments like, yo, nah, bro, I'm not. I've been in threats many times, especially in my DMs. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. From, Why would you do that in a DM? Man, man, yo, I remember, I'm not gonna say who in ASAP Mile, but this one, they, before they were like big where they were, I remember somebody threatened me in their camp. That's good. And I know niggas in the camp. Right, and, right. Um, because I wouldn't put them on purple, I don't know what blog I was on, but I won't put them out, like, public. I was like, I'm not doing it. For what? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you know, it, it happens. Right, right. But, but I spoke to that person on the phone, and, yo, that's dead that this, this energy is stupid. Right. Okay. I, think, well, I think most people love it, man, because it's just so authentic. You know what I mean? Like, it's just a really authentic portrayal of a lot of those feelings people have, but they just don't say they yeah. want to put it out there. Or even be able to, like, succinctly put it, you know, put that thought together. Because for, like, Twitter, you only have so many characters. Yeah. Facebook, it could definitely go overboard really quick. You know, like, where do, where do you get that, um, that honesty from? Like, you said you're, you're part Jamaican. Yeah. I know Jamaican people are very uh, verbose. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. would you say that that part of your heritage has played a part in, in some of your uh, in some of your bravado? Well, yeah, because because when you grow up poor, everybody's honest with you because you have nothing to offer them. So, so mm. most motherfuckers are very disrespectful. I'm so used to it. I don't know how to hold my tongue, but I, I definitely had to learn that. Um, I, but definitely started with my family because my uncle's example. One of my uncles when he got caught and he was on court, he just admitted to the, to the murders. Like, I did it, who gives a fuck? Like, he, I forgot, one of them always just told me, like, like don't ever care, be, be shameful. Mm-hmm. So that same uncle, like, he had a girlfriend, he would beat her, and he beat her in daylight, he beat her at night. He never was like, I'm only gonna beat her behind closed doors, and then they got a problem, come, come check me. You know, like, he was just one of those, most of my family is like that, but that's because they are Jamaican, they only believed in, like, the only solution to, to you, 
fuck up on my nerves, I'm gonna kill you. Right. They didn't know no other form of like how to delegate and talk. So nobody drank green tea is what you're saying. It's just Hell no. <laughs> but, 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 but it's funny because my family's not alcoholics neither. Neither did they do drugs. Nobody mm. smokes weed. You know, nobody really even has a license. license. I don't. You know, mm. most of our family don't. You know, just regular Jamaican niggas doing. Where where do you say you fit in in the in the overall sphere of I guess um you know. Uh, music, entertainment, um, and, and I guess fashion. Fashion, like where where is your niche? You'd say I don't think I fit anywhere compared to who's popping now. Like I, I mean, I, I mean, I know I don't even know because the market's so different in 2016. It's very different. What's what? What is the um? All right, so you got started maybe like 06, 07, right? Yeah, you can say that. So in in this, in this last like nine, ten years, what are some of the uh, stark contrasts? between today's market and, and, you know, 10 years ago? Well, I think then it was very organic. Like, you look at what 40 Ounce has built for himself mm. and what Vashti has built for herself, and there's other people, I'm trying to think. But everybody was just in the moment. Right. I don't think anybody saw, like, when I look at, when I'm talking about, like, damn, who just, like, I remember meeting Azalea Banks. We've hung out many times. Like, the person she is now, that's not the person I I used to hang out with in New York. Right. But, you know what I'm saying? Even ASAP Ferg, like, I know ASAP Ferg, that's my man's. When I met him, he was a fashion guy. He used to, everybody knows, he used to make um, these little leather bracelets. You know? Right. I don't know when he turned into a rapper. Right. But I just remember, like, we used to hang out crazy. Now it's like, now this nigga's a celebrity. I, last time I saw him, I was just like, I can't believe, like, you're a fucking celebrity now. Right, right. And it's like that with so much friends I have that, like, when I first was coming to New York, you just be in the New York scene, you meet everybody, and everybody's mm. cool, and then, I seen all niggas are super famous, so I don't really fit in all that. You just place. you just said something that um kind of jogged that thought. So I was talking to a friend of mine uh, a few weeks ago, and she was saying there's no more scene in New York. Definitely, definitely. I don't think so. Do you do you think do you think that kind of uh, stifles uh, some of the, the the creatives that are you know behind our generation a little bit, or do you think that kind of opens up a different lane? Because you you kind of need the network, you know what I'm saying? Like the, the network, you know, is, is kind of what sharpens your, hones your skills. And, and at the same time, you know, what, where you can't reach, maybe somebody might have that, you know what I'm saying? Or does it kind of force you to become a little bit more um, industrious? I don't know, only because I'm 30 now. I was hanging out with Kasachi, y'all heard of him? He's like a new artist on the come up. He's, he's getting real big. Like mm-hmm. his YouTube hits is crazy. Mm-hmm. I was hanging out with him. He's 19, right? And all his friends come in the room, and I'm just like, damn, this was me at 19, like <laughs> bathing naked out yeah, and yeah, smoking yeah. weed with my friends and fucking trying to fix skateboard yeah, yeah. out here in Soho. And now I'm like, I'm like old to them, like which I am. I get it because right, right, right. I'm not trying to go that far in life and change my hair color and shit. Right, right, right. I don't know. It's so hard for me to, to say. It's such a different market. I, I really don't have an answer, a proper answer for that. There is no scene no more, and I, that's for many reasons. Um, but it's, it's, it's not what it used to be because because I, I feel like there's nothing organic much anymore. I feel like now that people see what like Yes Jones and all them are, mm-hmm. it's like everybody wants to be that instead right, of just right. being you and whatever comes out of you. Absolutely, just be that. Because when like forty ounces, the forty ounce bounce, that first one was so organic. It was right. Not, I remember that. Yeah, it was like, like you would hear about like, yo, did you go? Even yeah. like from Henny Palooza is another one. I remember oh. that. You know, yeah, they started, 
Right, now right, right. motherfuckers be like, yo, I'm doing this event and they want and this brunch and cup, you gotta pay twenty five dollars yeah, and I never charged it to grilled cheese party. Right. Forty ounces didn't do it for the forty ounce bounce, not the beginning ones. And like, you know, like all these people, like it was just organic and that's why I do miss because we were just really just doing Twitter and all that for the love. Now it's right. a legit business. Now it's really legit. Yeah. You're right. People aren't starting those stuff um, out of organic or love for something. Yeah. They, they try to, from the rip, it's business. You know what yeah. So do you, do you think that it's, um, it's a, cause I, I have like, I guess the, the counterpoint to that, right? Cause, and I'm, I'm like super corporate. Like I come from a, a corporate background. So they always tell you train your audience, train your customer to, to learn to pay. Like if they if you've been giving somebody something for free so for so long and then all of a sudden it's like boom, ten, twenty dollars, they like hold on, it's kinda of shocked. Maybe the person they brought with them later on might be willing to pay because they don't know. But um it, I think it's kind of important to attach a value to Agreed. your product at least early enough for it to be respected. I'm not knocking that. I feel like what's hurt, like, I worked at Billionaire Sports Club, I worked at Kid Robot. Mm-hmm. Example, with Kid Robot, when it was that little hole in the wall on Prince Street, yeah. we was making like, um, I think it was like $25,000 a day. A minute ago, yeah. Yeah, a but a day. But because Kid Robot let us truly be us, yeah. and that's what made Kid Robot what it was. When the corporation bought them, that's when they got the two floor building on Prince Street, mm. and then it turned straight corporate, that and we that. wasn't the same no more. Right. And now the customer would come in and they would tell us like we can't really hang with them like you know like like we never tripped on lunch breaks and all that because we were right. just really a, a little team a little family just selling toys right. and, and the owner would let us have as much clothes as we want like just and give it to your friends if you want to yeah just give them two hoodies right. Right. but the, once corporate bought it because he sold it for like I think a hundred million mm. yeah, shout out to that guy. His name's uh, Paul Paul Budnitz. Right. He, um, now, now he's, I forgot what he's doing now. Yeah, they fucked up and BBC was the same way. Season zero to like season four, it was a fun ass company. Mm. And then it just got too serious and that's why I quit. Cause I'm like, I, I can't do, I can't make money if I have to be serious all the time. Like That's one thing I like when I worked with Reebok. Reebok let me be me. Mm. When I work with anybody, even like me, yeah, um, it was, I, I don't want to cut you off, but it's just that I, I do remember that campaign. And then you also worked with a, a denim uh, supplier as well, did you not? Or or was there an opportunity? And because you were a little bit, uh, I guess, I worked with a lot edgy. of companies, but I'm trying to remember which one. A little Brooklyn. Um, perhaps I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm a lot of companies. Yeah, it's it's not a shout out to you for <laughs> working with a lot of companies, but at the same time, it's like, do you do you find that? to be an issue sometimes like where like I guess your personality business, before yeah. with business it doesn't gel I think the, you, the, not the, I'm not an artist but you need to let the young people be themselves and mm-hmm. work around it as the businessman versus I want them to have the same mindset as me right. that's what fucks everything up in my personal opinion right. um, and, and, and I try to encourage that as much so going back to Reebok that's one thing I liked about Reebok let him be him we just work around it and that's why the grilled cheese parties worked and all that other shit worked. But then it became, um, the reason I quit Reebok, because then it became too much, oh, I want credit for this and all this shit, and I'm not into those arguments. Right, right. It was internal shit going on in the company that wasn't fair to me, because I was being put in the middle. Mm. And all I'm trying to do is make all of us look good. But this person would be like, yo, I want his spot, because he you're the president, let's say. So 
what can me and you do together to make me look bright so I can get his position too. Mm-hmm. And it was all that. And I was like, no, this shit is whack. And I used to have to tell people, like, we all a team. I thought we was all a team. Right, right. Sometimes the ego get in. Yeah. yeah. That, 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 that's too much of that. To my point too, that um, I actually, I recently heard a quote that I just can't get out of my head and it says, in your 20s, you should build something substantial. So by the time you get to your 20s, 30s and whatnot, you have something there that can you know, produce income for you or something that, you know, that reflects your work or, you know, that reflects your name. How do you, how do you feel about that? Especially if somebody, let's say come out, somebody moving into the city at 21 years old, they, they're creatives, they're creative and, you know, they, they want to either start their own fashion line or build an event platform or whatnot. Um, what advice would you give them to? Everything, you know, you've been through and looking at hindsight, what's the one piece of advice you give that person? I, well, <clears throat> now we live in a different world because, um, yes, now that we see what the Twitters and the Facebooks and yeah. the Yes Jewels and all of them are becoming, the money they're making, now that we see this shit, yes, you want to build something substantial because what you build at 18 could have you retired at 21. It's not like the old days where you retired at 65. You could literally retire before you're 30 now. Sure. So, yes, you want to be smart with what you create because one of my biggest mistakes as these guys are mentioning, it's like, I didn't really understand what I was creating. Because I'm literally having fun. It reminds me of like old hip hop. Like DJ Cool Herc and Karis One and Rakim, they didn't understand what they were really doing. They're just in the moment. Right. But that's what makes the best things. Right. And I just wish people want to take people, people who do know, yeah. take advantage of that. I wish they would just say, oh, let me screw you in, brother, instead of like, oh, you know, so let me copy yeah, that's, that's, that's what it could be. Yeah, honestly, yeah. they should be on the whole levels and the deep yeah. levels because they they birthed it, they originated this shit. But you're right, people came in like they don't know what they got yet. Yeah. Unfortunately, some people have to get jerked for you to kind of learn. The, the Very right. Somebody okay. has to take that. Okay. Okay. Have to, but it just happens. Yeah. I just wish I just wish society and the powers that be that do know better right. would respect respect that you don't know yeah. and why 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 would I want to take advantage of that? That's right. that's fucked right. up, you know. Do you well it sounds like you're you're an idealist. Like do you do you have that pain um in doing business? Do you find that that comes up a lot in in the deals that you've done, there's always, you know, that element of uh dishonesty? Oh, listen, that, that's why we have lawyers because because you, you can't trust anybody it's sad to say but it's the truth and, um, because look at look Mark Zuckerberg and Eduardo Eduardo gave Mark Zuckerberg the first 19,000 to start Facebook Absolutely. and then you see Jerry Heller and Easy do it to them their boys you know mm-hmm. so um, that's just two little examples and it's happened to me so much mm-hmm. so I've learned that um you do need to cross your T's and dot your I's, and it does make you bitter. Like I'm doing, my, I've luckily grown out of it a little, for the most part. But for a long time, I was bitter. Like, 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 like there was times me and Wale had conversations. He made a lot of promises and didn't commit. I worked for free for him for about a year when he was on his come up, mm-hmm. and then you know he started doing his thing and changed his number. And I'm not mad at him now. Like then I was, but. Right, right, right. Um, at the time, I, I took it very personal because I sacrificed a lot to be on the team just for you to think. I'm thinking like, okay, when you get on, you're gonna keep me with you. Right. So, but it became, uh, you know, the, but it's not like I grew up a while, so let me not act like that. Means I didn't meet until he started coming out here. Right. right, right. Um, but um, in New York, but um, it happens. It, you know, but I, I'm learning now. I'm I'm not putting too much emotions in the stuff. I'm not thinking everybody's my friend no more because every like Chris Rock said, every human is as faithful as their options in that moment, mm, and I'm just respecting sure. that, and I don't take it personal. 
And Sean Price said something too, which was interesting on part one of five. He was like, um, in business, there are no permanent enemies and there are no permanent friends. Because you know what I'm saying? In business, if a situation happens where you could work with your enemy and y'all can get to come up together, most likely y'all would do it. Like, yo, here's our goal. Here's my intentions, here's your intentions. Definitely. You know what I mean? So I believe that's that, true. You know because mean? a lot there's a lot of people that do business with, with people they don't like. Exactly. If the money makes sense. If the money makes sense, you know what I mean? And that brings us now actually, you know, with your present, you know what I mean? Right. You want to go through just who you are as a person, what you represented the present. You have a you have your own app coming out, so you get into the tech game. Yeah. You got celebrity, um, the buzz is growing. I see you on Vice, I see you working with them, I see you working with going out to London, you speaking, the Last motivational month. speaking game is, is, on, is on point right now. The whole brand of Great Scott, I feel like it's really formulating and coming together. It's dope to see you actually came out and you honored, honored us doing the Gym Society Impact Culture Absolutely. panel. You know what I mean? That was dope. Actually, um, you kind of like, the feedback I got, everybody was just, they was talking about this guy. They was like, who's the guy in the red? Like, cause I had a lot of Jersey Tri-State. I was just like, yo, this guy Scott was just like, he's not, he was not there for the politics. He was not there for, to stay in line. He just kept it 100 and you can't really, uh, you can't really not him. And shout out to all the other panelists. They were, they were, they were, they were dope. But um, yeah, this guy Scott kind of definitely um, stood out with, you know, his points. And uh, I, I, I understand, man. You kept it real with a lot of these, how these corporations act, and you know how you have to go about yourself as an individual, looking at yourself as a brand. Yeah, they know. I mean, I'm not knocking everybody up there, but I mean, it depends on the level of social status you're at. But you know, I, I, I be, I've been at HBO, I've been at Viacom, all this shit. Yo, I be seeing the games, man. It's a big, it's corny. Mm -hmm. It's just the industry's fucking whack as far as like it's just so fake and. Um, do you think it, the reason that is because the people that work there have no ownership? Like if, if you like have a record label or yeah, HBO or something? Like do, do you think there's, the games are, are, because most of the time, like, you know, devil's advocate, people are playing these games so they can, you know, consolidate their power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, is, is it, do you think that if there was like, you know, a degree of ownership that there would be a little bit more respect? I do think that if you are working with Jay-Z from the beginning, you was at Def Jam in the early days and you worked with all these out, why not you as an employee get some form of royalties? I'm not saying like off a song or something, but right. something should be worked out. Yes. Some shares or something. And, and, and I think that that's a problem with the industry too. Um, and, and we all need to work on that. Because I think employment needs to be the same way as being married. I mean, like, if you get married to somebody and they divorce you. Like, alimony? Alimony, yes. Okay. So why shouldn't the job be the same? Like, you've been there for six, ten years. Right. Mm. You made them rich for that long. You deserve something. Exactly. And not unemployment beyond that. Right. So I think we have to think different about it, yes, in due time. And, um, but that's the problem, too. Because these people don't have accountability, that's why they can just do what the fuck they want. Especially now, they really don't care mm. about if, like, an artist like Frank Ocean... Frank Ocean had to put out like two, three mixtapes. What, but, mad songs? Yes, yeah. before Def Jam looked at him. And now, what not just Def Jam, Viacom and all of them, what that motherfuckers do is that they'll sign you just to shelf you. Shelf you, yeah. And that's not fair. You know who went through that? And I shouldn't talk about her business. <coughs> this is my interpretation on her issue, was Tiana Taylor. Mm. When I was at BBC, I saw the issue she went through at Star Trek. Remember, she never put out an album. Mm -hmm. So when she put out Google Me Baby, I, I think that video cost $400,000. No, wow. 
And guess what? You, she had to pay that back. Even though she could never put out an album, I don't know who fought it. Was, I don't know if that was Interscope's fault, Pharrell's fault, or whatever exactly. But I remember she was so frustrated at that time because she couldn't work. And it was right. like a lot of stuff holding them back. But that's what they do to artists, and I don't think that's fair. Yeah. And then if the artist speaks on it, then it's almost like, not snitching, but you're talking too much. Right. And you're wrong for saying how fucked up everybody is. Right. 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 Yeah. Kind of yeah, you're not shitting because what well, what it's funny when Tiger said Birdman is fucking them over, everybody backlash from Tiger. When he said it, everybody was on him. But the reality of this, this whole industry is like that, and, and every artist has issues with the label, but they don't speak on it because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, they slaves to the label and uh, a bunch of other legal shit. But we got we got to stand up for each other because um, it's just it's just corny, yo. The industry is is beyond fake, and it's and and and. You, Niggas get extorted all the time. All the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. You know, you could. Here's, here's, a, here's a real weird segue. Speaking of extortion, I see that uh, you brought in a old school Game Boy Color yeah. with Pokemon Red in the best. <laughs> shout out to you. I mean, first of all, shout out to you for uh, keeping it authentic. You know what I'm saying? That's the original Game Boy Color, too. Oh, down the block. There's a vintage video game shop. That's the original Game Boy. That's the first one that came out. How do you, how do you feel about uh, I guess you know like the new the new platforms and the, the new militia uh, the new um, you know manipulation of our our phones or what have you? Um, do you do you feel like like good or bad from it? Like where where what's your take? <coughs> Sorry. Uh, I like it in today's time. I think that um. There is some bad. Like, are you on your phone catching Pokemon or whatever? No, no, no. I actually haven't played it yet because I do want to, but I need to, like, really. I've, I've been dealing with so much legal stuff, I, I don't want to focus on the stun if I can't focus. I, but yes, the phone is, is a distraction. Free Scott. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like, example, you, you try to talk to a young person today and they're just always on their phone. They don't know how to have a real life one-on-one conversation <laughs> if they do like like I listen to, I'm not attacking the designer but just an example like you listen to him it's like you don't even know what the fuck he's talking about so, you know what I'm saying you know what I'm saying you know what I'm saying like like yo, that was like you could just talk to like you could talk to Nas, you could talk to Chuck D and whoever anyway so I think it definitely has fucked up communication the way, I hate that, the only way people want to keep in touch with you now is through Facebook and shit or Instagram or whatever and not like really call you, really come see you. Yeah. Like, I have to force myself, not, I'm not, I mean, not force myself, but I, I make it my duty to just really like, with my friends, like, let's hang out, let's go to Central Park or something really build. Right, right. Know, like, I don't go face to face, and have conversation. And don't vent on, on the internet to something you can't vent to your close friends about. I should talk to your friends first. I can talk to anybody about anything. I'm just open like that. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, I, I, want, I want that. It's, it's good. Like everything, it's good and bad. The good news is, the, you know one thing I do hate with this new generation? Today I was with this 19-year-old. And she's talking about she want to do her own clothing line. I'm like, what's holding you back? She's like, I don't know where to start. I said, motherfucker, you have your phone. Use world. Google. They don't even know what they got. And I don't like that shit either. I don't even respect these young motherfuckers yeah. because they don't want to do no work. You can now, literally learn anything. I, yo, 
tutorial. I feel the same way when people ask me what time a party start. Like the flyer's not on the internet. But you know what? <laughs> I did that with him. He sent me all the details and I just for some reason yeah. kept asking him and wasn't paying attention. But I really was just caught up in so yeah. much shit. I'm just like, man, I can't. I'm just trying to focus on everything. My mind's loaded. Right, right. But yes, that is true too. People don't read. They don't. ASAP Rocky was on the Breakfast Club today and he was talking about that. Like everybody mm-hmm. read that one paragraph, not the whole story. That's, true. Right. That's, true. That's the issue we have today. It's like just right. uh, attention is so short. True, but I. And I guess a counterpoint to that would be, shouldn't you be, I mean, obviously you can't like censor yourself in the moment, but shouldn't you be a little bit more prepared to, you know, say certain things or to give a more succinct point as opposed to, I'm just talking and then you're giving somebody, because I mean, we all recognize that, like you're giving somebody the opportunity now to chop up what you say, like, shouldn't your words have a little bit more poignance? True. You know it's hard for people now. Everybody, you almost can't say shit no more because everything is so offensive to some fucking body. And I think that's sad because now we're we're censoring people to not really be who they are. Mm-hmm. And and if I have a disagreement with you now, it's like I hate you, which is not true. I have a disagreement with you and still like you. Right. You know, like I don't hate Donald Trump. I don't hate him. You know, I don't disagree. I don't agree with him running for president. Yeah. But that don't mean I hate him as a person. But right. you know what I mean? But somebody might look at it like, oh, he, if I went to a, his rally and said that, I'd probably get stopped the fuck out by his right. support. You know what? That's so real too because it's like saying this, right? To bring yourself like saying Black Lives Matter now, people yeah. think you're anti every other race or anti cops yeah. for saying Black Lives Matter. It's crazy. Like, I can be pro um, um, African Americans not getting abused. And also pro policing in my neighborhood. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be a battle, but that's just where we at right now. Two things I wanna um I just wanna end on and I want you to speak on, definitely want you to speak on um the celebrity app, um what you got coming with that, um when you guys are planning like the official release. Um, also I just wanted you to speak on, you know, what's next for, for Great Scott McKenzie and what do you feel is your legacy, man? Like, I, I feel like you're one of those people in culture that that um, <laughs> amazing. You're um, you're you're one of those people in culture that um, that people will never forget. That that can move culture depending on how you how you feel. You know what I mean? And one of those fearless people that make other people feel make other people fearless. So uh, I just want you to go into that first. What celebrity is is is, is about, and also you know, Grace got some legacy. Man, Celebrity, so we, so right now I'm building this app. The website is up, it's called it's called Celebrity, C-E-W-E-B-I-T-Y.com. So Celebrity, long story short, we're trying to help people earn, uh, learn financial literacy. But we pay you one cent per like and one cent per play and it's free. So after 50 posts, which you can take from your Instagram or Facebook and do that immediately, mm-hmm. now you're eligible to get paid. You get paid per like and pay per play. Uh, and play meaning podcast, music, um, audiobooks, um, if you're a comedian, you want to just do a quick audio thing. Nice. Um, if you're a foodie, it could be dick pics, who cares? We'll pay you per play and per like. Nice. Now, um, with that being said, you also have your own storefront where you can sell new, used stuff, whatever you want to do. And our, this is what we did. we're marketing it as a profit center fan page. So why make a fan page with Facebook when you can make a fan page with us and make money? Right, um, right. Instead of giving out all that free content. Yes, they're giving it all out for free. So the app will hopefully, will most likely be done 
by September 1st. I was about to say, literally, um, as you see with the emails, did you see the LLC? Mm -hmm. We're literally just doing the paperwork right now because right now we have 11 owners. Okay. Um, because I needed more help, I needed more financial help. Good. So you got all, you know, it's always got to go back in the paperwork and redo it again. And then, so anyway, I'm trying to make this the last time for like at least five months. Right. Because this legal fees cost money. But um, mm -hmm. we um, once the legal shit is done, I'm officially rolling. I already so the app I paid my half, and it's one guy said he's gonna pay the other half. And that's why I need to get this paperwork done so you can give me a check to pay them. Gotcha, okay. Gotcha. gotcha. Um, that's dope, man. And I like that because, you know, we put up a lot of content that people take mm -hmm. and use on a whole bunch of sites. Yes. So having ownership of your content man, and being able to get paid on it. Yep, and you own the content 100%. We do not own it with you. And um, so, like, example, this podcast he put up on Celebrity, he'll get paid per play. I mean, I want y'all to be an ambassador, so we pay you one cent per play, literally. Sure. And uh, once in for life, and then um, um, but my legacy, I mean, I don't know, man. I just I look at Jerry Weintraub, drink Jerry Weintraub's the guy, yeah. Yo, you know who he is, yeah. I watched that HBO yeah. special, <laughs> I didn't know about him either to the HBO special, but I studied him heavy after that. Mm. Um, Jerry Weintraub, uh, uh, Shane Smith, who owns Vice, absolutely. Mm. I will hold my legacy just as strong as them, you know. My goal at when my goal since I've been young is to help create culture. I look at Def Jam and see, saw how it gave us as black people, the Beastie Boys, LL Cool J, a platform to express themselves. And so whatever I'm hoping I could create a new culture, a new occupation, a new word, the way you say Google it for search, here's a new word to help you turn your craft into cash, your dreams into reality, that reality into a salary. What do I do? I'm a celebrity. And then you say, okay, I'm a celebrity as far as like I'm an ass model or some shit, whatever. But I'm a celebrity, that's, that's pretty much it. Because cause there's so much people now that do so much and they don't know what to call it. Right, right, right. So they say, I'm a celebrity. I make, like money. I make money through the internet. That's all it really means. Mm. Like that. And, um, straight off the iPhone. Yeah, straight off the iPhone. So, or yeah. Android, if you, you know. Whatever you got. So now we, um, uh, that, that, that's it, man. I just, I'm hoping I'll be up there. I'm not like who's doing it today, because deep down, I'm really nobody like, in the scheme of things. I know a lot of people. You know, guess what? When I go to events and shit, I'm the little dog in the room. When I'm sitting next to uh, Nick Storm on Ciroc, Nick Storm's one of my boys, you know what I'm saying? But trust me, all the women on the net, they don't give a fuck about me. <laughs> you know? After a couple shots of Ciroc, dude. <laughs> You're like, who is this guy next to him? You oh, know what I mean? But um, I, I disagree with that, man. I just, just to say, it's the inspiration you've, you know, I, I've received from you, man. I, I know you definitely mean. A lot to a lot of people out here, so I just want to say thank you for doing the podcast, thank you for doing the panel, you know what I'm saying, we appreciate you out here, and um, thank you for being the first person on the Driven Minds podcast, hope to have you back, definitely another Hell time, yeah. you know, Hell yeah, I'm bringing gang, 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 salute, 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 anything you want to help with, Fonzie, do uh, no, nah, just, you know, thanks Scott, you know what I'm saying, great admirer of yours, right. and um, you know, looking forward to your, your bright future, um, and inspiring others. Um, about to make this wrap. Yeah, let's wrap it up. So y'all get that celebrity app when it comes out. Go yeah. on driven drivensociety.com. Follow us at driven society. Um, Scott, anything you want to follow some people? Uh, I'm gonna push these guys. You know, right now I just want to be like the honorable Elijah Muhammad, the way he pushed the nation of Islam. I want to push you guys, and not just you guys. If we saying Black Lives Matter, we all need to come together as one and really form. I like what the game and Snoop. Well, at least what I see them pictures are doing. 
And I'm like, we all need to come together. We can share this money, you know? I think that's just the biggest issue we're going to. It's like nobody wants to share the limelight. Right. And we can. Like, we need to stop acting. Share this money and reinvest in us. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Salute Salute to my brothers. Teddy, Teddy, buddy out there, keep going. You're almost there. Stay driven.